Welcome to the BizTimes MKE podcast and another episode of the Weekly Debrief. I'm Arthur Thomas, Managing Editor at BizTimes Media, and I'm joined on the Weekly Debrief, as always, by BizTimes Editor Andrew Wyland. Andrew, how are you doing? Very good. Shipping up to be another, well, a little rant coming, but it'll be another great weekend. I'm enjoying the, the summer already. At this point, I think, you know, we're kind of due for uh, a fairly good amount of rain. Uh, farmers probably looking forward to that. So uh, let's dive right in with our insider story spotlight. That is a chance for us to highlight some of the stories that are available only to BizTimes insiders over the past week. If you are already an insider, thank you very much. We really do appreciate that support. It helps make our work possible. If you're not an insider, please do consider subscribing. The equivalent of $9 a month will get you discounted admission to some of our events, as well as access to all the stories on our website, biztimes.com. So go there, click on the subscribe button, and sign up. Andrew, what is your insider story spotlight this week? I picked a story we did about just the latest growth update for Uline in Kenosha County. This company, a shipping supplies supplier, just keeps getting bigger and bigger and continues to grow and has grown steadily since the company moved its headquarters from Waukegan, Illinois to, to Pleasant Prairie. What year was that, Arthur, when that happened? 2010 was that? So, yeah, yeah, it was around then. It was 2010. So here we are, you know, 13 years later and the growth down there continues. The latest is that Uline is planning to add another 200 jobs in Kenosha County. They currently have 3,500 employees in Kenosha County, 9,000 total across several states. And they're also adding, they have several uh, warehouse and distribution centers in Kenosha County, in addition to the corporate headquarters office buildings. And they're adding several additional ones. They're, they're planning to build another four and a half million square feet of buildings in the next several years. So, you know, we we do these updates periodically on Uline as they're seeking to hire more people, but it's just astonishing to continue to see those numbers and the impact that company is having in Kenosha County. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those things that's a, about the the best possible outcome for the folks that work on corporate relocation. You yeah. know, a company moved here and just keeps growing and growing and growing, adding jobs and does not seem to have any sign of slowing down. It's always, I end up driving through that corridor fairly often. And the one that I've gotten a kick out of it lately is the, just as they continue to add warehouses and, and distribution centers, there's one kind of right behind the Mars cheese castle, uh, which is kind of this, you know, the sign of, of them taking over Kenosha County in some ways, mm. uh, some kind of metaphor there, I suppose. But uh, it's it's incredible the the continued growth they've had down there. Uh, I'll switch gears to my insider story spotlight of the week. One I pulled together off of a survey released by the Wisconsin Bankers Association. They do these surveys every six months or so, uh, an end of year and a mid year. Uh, they go and get the opinions of the CEOs of Wisconsin banks, their latest one had this opinions from, uh, I think it was 66 bank leaders in the state. And then the, the kind of big takeaway I had out of it was this easing of fears around a re- for a recession in the next six months for uh, bank CEOs. 
at the end of last year, 87% of those surveyed said a recession was likely or very likely in the next six months, which would have been by now. Now that's figures down to 71% that say recession, but basically by the end of this year is likely or very likely. Um, and it's just an interesting, it's an interesting economy. You know, we've, we're working on our mid-year economic trends issue that will come out in July. And as we've been talking about that, you know, there's been, it's been almost like conventional wisdom that a recession is going to happen. It's, it's preordained that, that it just will happen and, and it very well might still happen, but it's been seeming like that's supposed to happen for the last, you know, I don't know, almost like the last year now uh, that people have been expecting a recession and it hasn't really come to fruition. Uh, so it's a very interesting thing to keep watching um, as we roll forward here into the second half of the year. Yeah. Um like you said, you know, then there's certainly been economic pain. Um, the the inflation in particular has caused real economic pain, rising interest rates as well, which is, of course, the Fed's attempt to fight inflation. But and because of those factors, like you say, so many have predicted or have anticipated a recession coming down the road here. And you sort of keep waiting for it to happen. But it isn't really happening yet. Uh, you know, GDP continues to grow modestly. Um, and it's the labor market that's just held up so strong. That seems to be the thing pulling the economy through. So not to say that, there, like I say, there's clearly been economic strain uh, during this period of time that we've been going through. But we have not entered a recession. And, and that, that strong labor market is the biggest indicator of all that. This, this, you know, when we have an unemployment at rock bottom lows, that does not look like a recession. And so we continue to watch and see the direction the economy goes. But uh, even the stock market has, you know, moved, you know, uh, recent pronouncements that we're back in a bull market again. Very interesting. So we'll continue to watch it, uh, like you said. Yep. And uh, we will, and hopefully all listeners will uh, find a piece of wood to knock on after uh, <laughs> we just uh, tempted fate a little by, by talking about it. So let's shift gears to our big story of the week. And that is news that the East West bus rapid transit line officially launched. Uh, this is it's called Connect One. It's a new rep- route that replaces the former uh, Gold Line, basically connecting the Milwaukee Regional Medical Center and Wauwatosa with downtown Milwaukee. Uh, it's a more streamlined route uh, that for a good portion of it has a dedicated bus lane aimed at kind of moving people through the corridor uh, between downtown and the uh, medical center complex faster. And it's been... It's been a number of years coming. Planning for this goes back to 2016. Capital improvements to make it happen topped $55 million. But ultimately, you know, it moves people through that corridor at a, at a faster clip than a traditional bus would. And you know, a lot of people, this is kind of the, the, the next big transit-related item in the region. Um, so a lot of people look into this to hopefully see some success. Um, Andrew, what are you looking for? What, what strikes your interest about this? 
Oh boy, a lot of things. <laughs> First of all, you mentioned $55 million to establish, you know, this bus line between downtown and the region, Milwaukee Regional Medical Center in Wauwatosa. Um, I mean, that, that is a lot of money. And certainly, and most of that is federal funds, federal, that's our tax dollars at work. And certainly people are going to be wondering if that is a good expenditure of federal and, and county tax dollars. You know, Milwaukee is, you know, these mass transit projects tend to be very controversial. You know, you look at the controversy that's been surrounding the, the streetcar and a lot of skepticism and criticism of it for its, you know, lack of huge ridership numbers. It'll be very interesting to see the ridership of this system. And is there the ridership there truly to justify uh, the expenditure to create this system? Otherwise, and people are going to look at it and go, well, you know, you could have just run a regular, you know, the bus system we already had serves downtown Wauwatosa. So why not just keep what we had? You're spending money to get new buses. Um, you're spending money to get new bus stations, you know, and in addition, you're, you're changing the, the system to have a, a, a lane dedicated for most of this route just for the bus. The idea that it'll be a faster service from end to end. But is all that, is, is, are the benefits really there for the investment that's made? You know, the other thing with mass transit projects that comes up with the streetcar as well is that, you know, it's not just about transportation. It's also largely about economic development and making these investments that will spur economic development. There's a lot of debate about that with the streetcars. You, ha you have some developments cropping up on the streetcar line and developers saying that they like the streetcar, but then, you know, people saying, well, that development would happen even without the streetcar. So, you know, you have the advocates and opponents of the streetcar go back and forth on that one. It'll be very interesting to see with this route, if there's economic development that occurs along the route, if, if, if this attracts a lot of ridership and if it also attracts economic development, um, certainly you've got a strong downtown sort of one end of the, of the route. You've got the regional medical center that continues to boom in Wauwatosa at the other end and, you know, neighborhoods in between that, um, you know, it's kind of a mixed bag story in between the two ends. And it'll be interesting to see if this enhances that, that corridor. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the, it'd be important for this new line to see strong ridership so that it doesn't fall into the same category for many people as the streetcar, which while it certainly has you know, future potential of, to really fully catch on, I don't think has really lived up to the full vision of what people who are proponents of it would like to see. And we, you know, we talked about fourth and Wisconsin last week, and there's, you know, various different lines that, that will come in that were, you know, planned for the future for the streetcar that probably are needed to make it fully be realized. But with, with BRT, it needs to see that ridership so that it's not viewed as, you know, something of a waste of dollars. On the other hand, it's, you know, 
so the 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 BRT route can get you downtown to the medical center complex in in about thirty minutes, um, which you know I think if you did that by car is what like you know twenty or so, uh, maybe a little less depending on your which way you go and whether you hit traffic or not. You know Milwaukee traffic jam of five minutes. Um, the congestion is uh, you know not on the scale of Chicago land. I can tell you that, um, but. The, uh, you know, so um, it's like, okay, well, are we really, is that really necessary? What, why have this big investment to basically it's the same time as car, but that's easy to say when you have ready access to a car. And if you don't have ready access to a car, well, now we've narrowed the gap between riding the bus and taking a car. And now you've got better chance at connection between downtown and, you know, the medical center campus more people able to access jobs and opportunity there. And that should be good for the whole region. So we'll have to, I guess, wait and see how it pans out. But transit doesn't always have the best, well, it certainly has its proponents in the region. It also has a lot of vocal opponents to it as well, um, just as a, in terms of as a concept. Yeah, absolutely. Mass transit is always... Is is a challenging issue in Milwaukee and has been, and, and a controversial issue in Milwaukee has been for years. And, and yeah, a, a, any investment, quite frankly, is met with a lot of skepticism in Milwaukee. I think the car culture in Milwaukee is strong. You know, we just, we don't have, we don't have the mass transit systems you see in a lot of other cities, but part of the, you know, major reason for that is we just don't have the population size and the population density and the growth and quite frankly, the traffic that a lot of other cities have seen that have made more investments in mass transit. So when you see that happening in Milwaukee, um, there's always a lot of skepticism from some quarters that say, hey, do we really need this? And, you know, if you, if you don't get the ridership to back it up, then that, that skepticism is, is going to remain. So when these investments are made, you know, those who are supportive of it need to ride it. Uh, you know, they, they need to show that this is a, a good investment. And, you know, and the business community is right in the middle of that. There are a lot of folks and a lot of key business leaders that are supportive of these investments. And this route is connecting major employment centers to downtown, the you know, regional medical center, huge employment centers, even in between, you know, you, there, there are plenty of businesses along, you know, Blue Mountain Road and Wisconsin Avenue um, between those two ends. So, you know, there's a lot of opportunities there to help people get to work. And like you say, some people really rely on the bus system and the, you know, more county transit to help them get to work. So it'll, it, it's, it's important that these investments are made that, they prove to be worthwhile and it's going to be very interesting to see, um, how it does because it should also be remembered that the county is planning to do another one of these. There is a BRT route plan. This is obviously an east west route. The county is planning a north south BRT route basically down 27th street from say, you know, Franklin slash Oak Creek, uh, up to Glendale. Uh, that is, you know, something that's in the works and it's probably a few years away still, but you know, that's something that county officials want to do as well. 
And it'll be interesting to see how well the east route, this east-west route does, uh, if it proves to be worthwhile to do the north-south route. Yeah, and that north-south route, yeah, Bayshore down to what's currently the Northwestern Mutual Campus um, in Franklin. Be abandoned by Northwestern. Well, we abandoned by then, but there's the IKEA down there, and and you'd think that eventually some other use comes in there. But that's got a hundred and forty-eight million dollar price tag on it. Eighty uh, percent of that would be federally funded, but that's a big price tag. Uh, and they're looking yeah. at opening wow, that dwarfs the east-west route. Wow. Yeah, three times, almost three times. Expected to open twenty twenty-seven or twenty twenty-eight, which at one point felt like a long time off, but. Uh, Increasingly, not so much. Getting closer and closer. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, does how the East-West does, how does that shape um, perceptions and support for a north, north-south route? So we will have to wait and see on that one. Uh, until then, that will do it for this week on the Biz Times MKE podcast and the weekly debrief. Thanks for joining me, as always, Andrew. You bet. This is Dan Meyer with Biz Times Media. You've been listening to the Biz Times MKE podcast. For more business news and insights, be sure to go to biztimes.com and subscribe to any of our daily e-newsletters and our magazine, BizTimes Milwaukee.